Welcome to episode 37 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla. And today we will be doing our first ever coverage of an Avatar Universe comic book with Katara and the Pirate Silver. Before we start, we do want to warn you that this podcast will probably be mentioning spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and The Rise of Kiyoshi. However, you are free from spoilers about The Shadow Kiyoshi as well as any other Avatar Universe comic books. Besides this one. Besides this one, exactly. <laughs> so, Kayla, how are you doing this week before we get into it? Oh, I'm good. You know, winding down the semester, you know, that kind of little stress, trying to navigate stuff for graduation next month as a child of divorced parents. That's always a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I'm doing well, you know, all things considered. <laughs> how about you? Well, I, I had um, WVU reach out to me in an email today asking me to donate money to the music program um as a gift for students and you know being a recent graduate i mean within a year and um trying to find a job in the middle of a pandemic and being dirt broke and still living with my parents i felt extremely attacked and offended um so i just i just i've been putting every single email that wvu sends me as i've just been reporting it as spam and even though i keep unsubscribing to it it still manages to find my way, to find its way into my mailbox. And oh I hate God. it. WVU, leave me alone. You gave me the degree. I have accepted it begrudgingly. Just leave me alone, please. Please. Have you, have you, I don't know if you've ever watched John Mulaney's Kid Gorgeous special on Netflix. Of course I have. But it's of like, we I want have. a gift, but only if it's money. Yes. <laughs> That's literally what's happening to you right now. <laughs> exactly. I am living that skit right now. Like, here's the thing with, like, I mean, the reason why I asked if you've seen it is because most people have only seen the horse loose in the hospital bit. So, like, I wasn't sure how much explaining it'd have to do with John Mulaney. So, I am glad that we have another John Mulaney fan on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm a diehard John Mulaney fan. My favorite quote is, but I was over on the bench. Like, oh, that's my God. My and then that became a TikTok sound. <laughs> And then yes. that became a TikTok. And I was over on the bench. I was over on the bench. I was over on the bench. Yeah. Someone yeah. bring I'm bring craisins or something. Like what's the something about craisins? I don't know what what um I, I think it was the the special before Kid Kid Gorgeous, but the one where he starts with like the happy birthday sign and like we're gonna start a big ass A and a big ass P. Oh no. Okay, real, <laughs> real skinny P. I just thought I just think like in the pantheon of openers for for comedy specials, like that is like top tier. Oh my god! It's been a while since I watched that. I don't remember. Was, was it new in town or the comeback kid? It was the comeback kid. Or one of the that specials? was the comeback kid. Okay. That was the comeback kid, and new in town was right before that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's overdue for a, for another comedy special, but I know I I think he's, he's still in rehab. I thought I saw somewhere that he was out of rehab, but either way, he is getting recovery. You know, yeah. and that not is to important. spell the T on John, but yeah. yes, that did happen. But you know what? Good for him for getting help. Yeah, and I'm sure his next special will will be talking a little bit about that as well. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to the news section. I didn't put it. Uh, I didn't put this specific thing in the news because this just happened three An hours hour. ago. Yeah. Um. But uh, Derek Chauvin was officially found guilty by a Minneapolis jury, and of course, guys killed George Floyd. In case you forgot. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know how you'd forget, but. Yeah, I mean, this is amazing news. Um, I'm I'm really happy for Floyd's family. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I'm kind of with um Kamala and Joe on this one. It was just like, just because this is a small measure of justice does not mean like justice has been restored. So while this yeah. is a great verdict, I really hope that this doesn't become like a reason to stop like mobilizing against the issue of police brutality. Absolutely. You know, just because like one person was kind of 
like brought to justice doesn't mean that it's going to happen every single time. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, either way, it's it's very, very, very good news. I also want to point out that like some people, I mean, I'm not the one who said this. It's all this somewhere on, I believe, Instagram. This wasn't like an act of justice. It was more of an act of accountability. Um, I also oh. want to point out that with this verdict, there are people who are out there who are right-wingers who will use this chance to target black indigenous people of color and, you know, black indigenous and people, other people of color. And, you know, we can't, we can't let up on the activism exactly. and, you know, all that stuff just because we got the one verdict, just like you said. Um, exactly. So make sure you're checking in on our, you know, your, you know, your friends of color, um, you know, because we can't, let, we can't give this up now just because we have one victory for this, you know? Yeah, totally. So. All right. And we're going to move on to the second piece of news that is honestly going to be half of the episode um, because there's so much to talk about. I'm going to try to break it all down first, Kayla, and then yeah, go for it with our thoughts because it is a lot. I'm so confused on that. <laughs> so on April 16th, the official Avatar The Last Airbender YouTube channel announced that a new original series will stream exclusively on their channel as part of a three-day Earth Day weekend event. And then the YouTube channel later edited the announcement to clarify that this new series would be a fan-led discussion series rather than a new animated series. Polygon.com said that they reached out to Nickelodeon about this and they told Polygon to expect a trailer and a formal announcement from the company on April 19th, neither of which really happened. The trailer did premiere, but it is uh, currently unlisted on the official YouTube channel. Um, We can put down, we can put the link for that trailer uh, in our description. Um, Polygon.com managed to post the link before it got, you know, not taken down, but again, unlisted. Um, and also Nickelodeon, Bright, and any other official Atlas socials have seemingly ignored all of this and have not mentioned anything as of this recording, which is Tuesday, April 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither have entertainment sites like Entertainment Weekly, Hollywood Reporter, or Variety. They've not picked this, this up at all. And they were very, um, very, um, uh, really heavy on the coverage for like when the Avatar Studios thing happens. So they are like their finger is on the pulse of Avatar stuff. So they didn't post anything about this. And then so we, uh, me and Kayla watched this trailer and this apparently fan led original series is called the Four Nations Forum, where a lot of um, they've brought in a lot of um, people from the fandom to have like a panel type discussion about Avatar. Which you know, um, and they, we in the trailer we were teased with some upcoming discussion questions, and these were the ones that were teased in the in the trailer. The first one is which element is the strongest. Next one is which avatar character is the most underrated, and then the third one was do you ship Katang or Zutara? And one panelist <laughs> says that he thinks Zuko is trash, and in the last uh. bit. Um, they asked which what do they think is an underrated episode, and someone says the Great Divide, and the whole panel berates them, and what the how dare you, and all that stuff. So that's all <sighs> that happened. Um, Kayla, let's just start with the wording of this announcement and how we feel about it. I remember, like, for a few days before like anything formal came out, like there was like stuff on Twitter that kind of came up from like some things that like hadn't really like we weren't sure whether to trust what these sources were saying on Twitter. I think we were tagged in one of the. Or someone sent it to us or something. Um, something like that. I got or the someone first, commented, you know. Yeah, I got the first um the first thing I saw of it was on avatarnews.com, um, which is very on top of any avatar news stuff. And they they seem to be credible. 
Um, and I was like, and I sent it to Kayla and I was like, wait, what? What? I didn't understand the wording. And I sent her like two other articles and each time I was like, okay, I think I understand it or I think this makes a little more sense. But it was just the wording. Of course, if you say new original series in Avatar in the same sentence, of course people are going to get the wrong idea. <laughs> you know, like especially since the Avatar Studios announcement. And then the exactly. fact that they, I mean, rightfully so later edited the announcement to clarify that it was supposed to be a fan, an original fan-led discussion series. Why didn't they lead with that? Like, I mean, here's the thing. I work, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm studying, really about to study marketing. Even I don't, with my, like, lack of knowledge on marketing shit, even I know that you gotta be clear with what language you're deciding to fucking use when it comes to things like this. (laughs) Exactly. Because no one likes to be, um, no one likes to feel like they've been misguided by an article or a headline, right? And even trying to read the article from the first announcement, it was still very unclear what this was supposed to be. And I would even argue, again, fan-led discussion series is still not very accurate. Like, series just implies something totally different with Avatar. You know, we could just say that there there will be fan-led discussion videos and original content up on the channel in this next coming couple of days. And people wouldn't think that it's a new animated series, you know? Like, I mean... I mean, so this is, so I remember a couple of, what, back in like October or something in the fall of 2020, um, there was a, uh, like an, an announcement that went up on the Nickelodeon and Avatar uh, Facebook pages, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are other forms of me- social media as well, asking for fans of the show to submit some sort of like audition tape thing for a panel thing, I think it was, which was literally mm-hmm. what we're about to see eventually yeah. when that comes out. So I, I submitted to it. I'll admit, I fully admitted. I, I did to too. That we thing. both did. Like, we both did. And then I'm looking back on this, looking at this panel now, I'm like they're missing out on us. <laughs> if I had known what it was really, I don't know if I would have followed through with it. Honestly, like I'm not. Here's the thing. Yeah. I don't mean to sound mean or anything, yeah. but you know, I can't control how people will react. Um, I am not totally interested in yeah. talking about these specific discussion questions with random people that i don't know yeah it's different talking about it with you Mm -hmm. obviously and even when we have guests there is already a semblance of a relationship with them and look i don't know if if all these people on the panel like got on a zoom meeting together to like meet everybody i don't know the the tea i don't know what the behind the scene was but But hey if you're someone who is on this panel and would like to come on the podcast we're open (laughs) we are yeah we are open but i want to talk about specifically about these discussion questions because you said that there is no nuance to these questions when we were kind of like texting angrily at each other last night and (laughs) i have to agree like it feels like um nickelodeon or whoever is in charge of this was like all right what has the fandom been talking about and what were they talking about like 2013 you know so we're going to talk about that and it's just like, we, I think we as a fandom have like passed which element is the strongest. And we're more of like, is Iroh a war criminal? Which is still not a great topic, but it's much more interesting than talking about which element is the strongest. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I remember like I was, what, I want to pull up our conversation. Cause like we we said some good things. We have receipts. Night. Spill the tea. We have we have some receipts, and I don't <laughs> spill the tea. I throw the damn cup. Uh, 
So I said, like, oh, look, this panel has all the power of a screen rant. Hot take. This is hot as a hot pocket left on the street. That's it. So. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. Who are these people? Like, literally, I read articles like this on Facebook all the time about, like, you know, like, you know, like theories or like, you know, I mean, honestly, the theories sometimes more interesting to read than the than some of like the things that well, they topic. You know, there could here. be somebody listening to this and be like, well, who are you? Like, I mean, hey, my point is valid. But my thing is like, we're not sponsored by Nickelodeon or Avatar or anything. We're just two nerds just chatting, having a good time. But here's <laughs> the thing. I am I am overall and generally distrustful of um, like company or corporate run discussion series like this like tiktok has a tiktok podcast and the hosts or the guests that have been on there have been like yeah tiktok will edit out anything you say that degrades tiktok or 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 uh, any sort of negative criticism of tiktok is edited out of the conversation right and they are very very um what's the word controlling about what you say on the show as well and so i don't feel like i'm getting an authentic conversation when what they're talking about is the one controlling the conversation. You know, mm -hmm. we can say anything we want about Avatar and Nickelodeon isn't going to come for us, right? Because they're not the ones producing the show. We are, you know? But but then the other thing is like, I, I, I can see where someone went, hey, the fandom is what has really kept Avatar alive. Let's highlight some of those fans from the fandom and do this discussion series. And, you know, maybe it will be entertaining. I don't really want to watch it, but uh, maybe it will be entertaining. I don't know. But like, and I don't know if any other Avatar podcasters feel like this, but I just feel personally like, like it's, it, it's not that easy. Like it's not as easy as just getting on a Zoom call and talking about your opinions of Avatar. Yeah. You know? I feel like we put like so much work into this and this kind of feels like, a slap in the face a little bit i don't mean to make it all about us or me but eh, that's just kind of how i feel <laughs> no i agree with you on that um you know like hey if anyone any uh podcasters out there who do avatar podcasts and want to like you know have our own little you know red now we got red table talk you can call it a different color but you know like our own chats about the avatar fandom that would be cool what would be cool is if if they had people from the show in this panel talking oh about God, it, then yes. that would be interesting. There we go. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be cool. But I'm not, I'm just not interested in, in, in yeah. watching this in the slightest bit. And it's just weird to me that the fact that no one else in terms of like a journalistic standpoint is talking about it. Like no one found out until someone posted something from the Avatar The Last Airbender YouTube channel Nickelodeon hasn't said anything about it. Bryke hasn't said anything about it. And they are normally very vocal about any new Avatar stuff coming out. So I'm just kind of like, what's the tea on this? Like, do they not feel like this is this is well, good? Is this is this officially an Avatar Studios? Does that does this series fall under the umbrella of Avatar Studios? If so, why doesn't Avatar Studios have their own YouTube channel where they're hosting this? It's like it feels it feels like no one asked anybody to do this <laughs> and yeah. like like three people that work at nickelodeon was like all right they told us to do something so we got to put something together and it yeah. was never picked up by anybody i was going to point out that like the you said that it was like it went unlisted mm -hmm. you know that it was like posted and then put on unlisted which we still have the link you can still watch it yeah anyway the comments though now that's interesting if you'd like me to share some of the comments go, go ahead go ahead yeah one, the one person just says seriously with the like, seriously question mark 
this should have been announced as a podcast or something that another person so another person said cringe central um nobody wants you trash oh this looks bad well this is disappointing news um let's see so i got super excited to see nerds are you on the internet can we have something you know avatarish please <laughs> this is just ridiculous why would you announce it using the language that you did you realize you all hyped us up for something way bigger than this right yeah if that's what's kick starting avatar studios then sigh <sighs> <laughs> yeah that's the thing like i don't know it, to, to me it just keeps going back to the this fact that nobody handled. else has talked about it nobody else has announced anything and i'm when i mean nobody else like and i mean nickelodeon break that sort of thing yeah uh, why why are they silent it's it feels so weird to me also great divide does not deserve as much hatred as people are giving it now i mean do i not is it when I mean, we discussed this episode because I, I was just thinking about the random thing of like just how like the pan the panelists were reacting to some of these questions that we saw in the trailer yeah. like how dare you to the great divide you know what isn't it supposed to be like an open fan discussion i mean yes did i facepalm as soon as someone mentioned ship as soon as andre mentioned that they asked the shipping question yes but that's something else <laughs> Yeah, like I, it's it's just the shallowness of the questions. Like again, we're well, in my opinion, we are just well past these kinds yeah. of questions. Like it, this feels like something that should have been made in like 2014. Like mm. it, I don't. There's no audience for this type of thing anymore. You know, and I agree with that person in the comments. Maybe this should have been a podcast. I'd probably be even more slightly offended, but I, I don't care. Like that happens all the time. Like there are fan led podcast series about a tv show and then the, the the company producing that tv show will hire people to do an official podcast like you know whatever i i wouldn't care so much about that but this it's just like again what is the point what is the reason if you really wanted to hear random avatar fans talk about stuff like this you can go on twitter you can go on 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 tumblr or instagram or something even tiktok you know mm -hmm. I know. I'd be curious to see what the li our listeners think about this. Um, yeah. Are you going to watch this? Are will. you just going to ignore it? I just, I don't know. Again. I watch it for the sake of the podcast, but if I wasn't doing an Avatar podcast, I wouldn't probably wouldn't watch it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Anyway, Sorry. I mean, not to not to start the podcast off on a bad foot, but we did have a lot of thoughts about this, and um, I mean, honestly, I I don't hope this is a. I really hope that this is not like an omen of future avatar content um i mean here's the thing this is not this is like non-fiction though that's the thing it's kind of like a difference between like right the... yeah you're right you're right you're right and again we don't know how how this works in terms of like is this avatar studios is this just nickelodeon or viacom or paramount or whatever we don't know any anything about that um it's just it strikes us as incredibly weird um but yeah again if you're listening and you have thoughts about this let us know like i said we're going to put the link for the video in the the description of this podcast you can look for yourselves but again also incredibly weird that they enlisted it i just yeah. i don't know feel free to share your thoughts about this whole debacle uh nicely through like you know messaging us on our platforms or you know emailing us which we'll give that information at the end of the episode but we're interested in hearing your thoughts so feel free to share them with us you're interested okay so before we get into the comic book we are going to take a quick break for our ad read and we will see you guys after that and we're back talking about Katara and the Pirate Silver. So this is the first comic book that we have talked about or rather, you know, discussed all that stuff uh, in the Avatar universe. So it's exciting. Haven't mm -hmm. like, you know, read, haven't we read a novel. So that's a new thing for us. And then comic book. 
totally different. There's pictures, guys. Yeah, this is the first comic book I've ever read. I've never read a comic book before. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think my, the first comic book I ever read was um, Spider Girl, actually, about Mayday Parker, Peter Parker's and Mary Jane's kid. So, yeah, that's the first one I read. But it's nice to read the Avatar perspective, the Avatar comic book. So what? Mm-hmm. So we like. So did you like it? Did you like reading it through like the comic book perspective? Or yeah, I thought I thought it was great. Um, like I said, it was the first time reading a comic book. Um, I I, I did. I know this is just like a beginner problem, but sometimes I would get lost in the flow of the dialogue and the speech bubbles, but I, I ended up getting it by like the back half of the, the comic book. But it yeah, it's a little getting used to. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I mean, I, I, I did think it was like a little predictable, but like most of the Avatar episodes kind of are. So it's like it's fine. Um but yeah, but how how about you? Did you enjoy reading this comic book? It definitely reads like an actual episode of Avatar. Like so if this was like hmm. an actual episode, like squished in between like bitter work and um what's our next episode again that we're supposed to do after this? I think it's it's between it happens after bitter work. Yeah. And then the library happens. Right. So it's in yeah. between yeah, it's between bitter work and the library. So you know Which is why we're doing this now. Exactly. Yeah. Chronologically. It's appreciated. Um, but yeah, I mean it fits in with the canon uh, very well. Like I said, it reads like a regular Avatar episode. And, you know, it wasn't like, I'm not raving. I'm not, I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to be raving about this comic book for sure. But mm-hmm. I am still glad I read it. Um, it kind of makes me more excited to see what some of the next set of comic books that we're going to be reading are including, like, you know, um, The Search, which is like how they find out about Zuko's mom. Um, right. And of course, the uh, Korra comic books with, you know turf wars and uh ruins of the earth empire so like it honestly is just setting me up for like really exciting stories to come but you know yeah yeah in terms of like an avatar story it wasn't like um like just like mind-bogglingly amazing it is just supposed to be like another sort of -of run-of-the-mill episode if you will like in the in the canon of season two like and i think it's perfectly serviceable as that i just liked that it 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 um the writer's seemed to take particular detail in making sure that the dialogue fit the characters of how they would say things in the show. And I think that's because some of the TV writers from the show also worked on this comic book. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely, that definitely helped a lot when you're kind of reading through it, but yeah, it is a smaller story. Sure. But again, it, it works, you know, it was also a quick read. I was not expecting that. Um, this page like, what, are- 70 something pages long. Yeah, those pages are also deceptively thick. Um, so it it looks like, you know, I it looks like it would take you a little longer, but I, I got it done in like 35, 40 minutes. So, you know. And I'm a quick reader, so I don't really know how long it took me, but, you know, I kind of breezed through things. Yeah, yeah. That's my but problem. But it was nice. Something nice and light nice. and fun. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm talking about what we thought over it. Well, overall, let's start recapping it. So the gang are flying through the Earth Kingdom after in having some, you know, intense episodes, kind of like the chase and and kind of being put through his paces with the Earthbending training. They can finally relax a little bit. Sok is enjoying this and Toph sarcastically asks, like, what part of the last few days are relaxing? You know, because we got chased by Ozai's angels a couple days ago. Like, you know, what part of that was <laughs> relaxing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's gonna stick i swear it's gonna stick um and then Katara's like well it's okay to like you know relax and gets you know a little bit you know because a lot's been going on and then, then Toph's like well i'll enjoy myself more when the fire nation stops going coming after us 
Katara then asks her to be a little bit more optimistic, and, you know, it's important to be able to relax, you know? Like, yeah, it is. True. Mental health tip, guys. <laughs> it's important. But she talked about that in the episode with the library, so that point's already been made. Um, anyway, so Toph then starts pointing out how they approach uh, situations differently, like with Aang's bending training, where Katara uses positive reinforcement and Toph is more direct. <laughs> That's her word. I liked how Katara was like, you told me you use positive reinforcement, which after coming off the heels of watching that episode and Toph being like, oh yeah, I definitely use like your advice. Like I it, I think it's cool that they like address this little bit in the comic being like, well, I mean, I kind of did, you know. A little bit. Might have chalked a few rocks at his head. Yeah. Um, And then like, you know, Sokka chimes in and says that Katara is basically soft and gentle like a croco kitten before its skin gets tough and scaly, which I kind of have a problem with that. I, mean, I know he's teasing her, as he says later, but like, didn't she just like take on a fucking waterbending master a few months ago, like fighting sexism and Northern Water Tribe? Like, yeah, he does <laughs> like, kind of explain it later in the comment. I know, but, but like, I, I get what you're saying. But just kind of how the gang kind of says that she's like, you know yeah soft and gentle but she can that is that is an important part of who she is she does have that part in her personality but she's also one of the scariest people in the gang honestly yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know also i know i just got finished talking about how great it is like how seamless the comic book feels with the dialogue of the show i feel like crocodile i think they would say crocodile kitten yeah i don't know i well, I guess you wouldn't say werewolf bat. You would just say wolf bat. I don't know. Every time I read well, it, I was just like... exist without the were part, you know? Werewolf is just a human that's that turns true. to a wolf. That's true. That's a bad example. To... <laughs> that's a bad example. No, I just... I don't know. Every time I read a croc a kitten, <laughs> I I just got the wrong image. I, I, I just would have thought they would say crocodile kitten, but whatever. Small thing. Anyway, Katara's taking this in like, excuse me? And then she turns to Aang and she asks if she's soft like a croco kitten or she's a good teacher. And he says, yeah, you're soft like a croco kitten, but that's not a bad thing. And you're still a good teacher and you don't have to be tough like Toph. And then the Fire Nation decides to interrupt the discussion. And like usual, they just start shooting fireballs up at him. Uh, Appa then shoots rapidly upward, try to evade the fireballs, which throws Katara from his back, and she lands in the river after doing some impressive water bending to break her fall. So then she's like, I mean, hey, that's, I'm sorry, I lost your thought, let's get it back. Anyway, so she comes back to surface, obviously surviving the fall, and it's kind of, kind of reminded me of that scene from like Emperor's New Groove when like, they're like, they're about to go over the waterfall, it's like, let me guess. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom. Most likely. Bring it on. And she just like, except like, she just like, you know, she just does like the ice ball thing. I always think of that scene whenever someone's about to go over a waterfall. Okay. I, I'll take your word. I've never seen a Persian group, so I'll take your word for it. Oh my God. Okay. That's the thing I need to shame you on because, you know, the Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas, like now I need you to watch Emperor's New Groove. You got Disney Is Plus, Is Emperor's right? New Groove like as iconic though? Yes, actually. <laughs> Just because they don't sell stuff about Emperor's New Groove at Hot Topic does not make it less any less valid that's, and awesome. That's not how I measure <laughs> success of a of a movie. Okay, there well, is. Well, does it sell? <laughs> does it sell merchandise at Hot Topic that I don't want to watch it? <laughs> but like, I mean, but seriously though, like the humor is top notch for Emperor's New Groove. They got Eartha Kit as the villain, like. It's it's funny. It is a funny movie and completely underrated in the Disney canon. So, okay, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> watch it. 
I mean, it's a good movie, guys. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, Katara uh, does herself, does uh, you know, water bending and puts an ice ball around herself and goes around over the waterfall, landing back in the river again. Uh, she survives this. Yay, ice balls. Um, the gang then lands in the forest and starts to search for Katara. Starts, Sokka's yelling for her name, you know, but Toph tells him not to because there's someone nearby. Sokka then, you know, kind of breaks through the clearing and sees the catapults that launch the fireballs. They manage to sneak away without noticing, but then run right into a Fire Nation soldier who's just trying to enjoy his lunch. Um, <laughs> the dialogue here, like, it's it's kind of, it's some of the dialogue moments with, like, between, like, the gang and this Fire Nation soldier, like, amazing. It's, like, it's funny. It's some good. Of it. Like, uh, it's the Avatar. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, This arrow is just a weird birthmark. Like, <laughs> again, this is exactly something that would be from the show. It's perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then this, this guy tries to arrest Aang in the name of the Fire Nation and Fire Lord Ozai. Look, at, look out, there's a badass over here. Uh, Toph then stomps and yeets him into the air, and before they can, they can run off, he starts blasting fire at them, lighting the damn forest on fire. And he says that he would follow follow the Avatar to the ends of the Earth. Okay, Zuko, knock off. Like, <laughs> right. We've yeah. seen this already. <laughs> exactly. I've heard this song before. Oh, and I didn't like the ending. Just kidding. No, I had to make a Taylor. I was thinking of a Taylor Swift song. Fucking shit. I hate this. <laughs> anyway, the remaining members of the gang put out the fire. And Sokka says that they make sure that that guy shuts up and doesn't give away their position. He's like, I don't need help. I'm going to capture you myself. I'll get all the glory. Jesus Christ, man. No more Zuko knockoff stuff. <laughs> then Toph traps him in the earth and she says, I'll put a rock in it. Is like, this Zhao's son or something? Like, seriously. It, it gives me the same energy. Like, I am the slayer. I will capture you myself. Also, just Toph's just like, I'll put a rock in it. Honestly, for some reason, like, that sounded more like Lynn, her daughter, than Toph. But you know what? Again, it is her daughter, so I wouldn't be surprised. But, like, for some reason, I read sure. that part in, like, Lynn's voice. <laughs> Do you also... This is weird. Do you think she looks... <laughs> I'm having a stroke. The way she's drawn, she looks slightly older and taller. Do you get that feeling? With, uh, wait, with, with that Toph? particular part? With Specifically in that panel. Like, yeah. Doesn't she, like I'm not making that up, right? She does look yeah. a lot older in that. Well, not a yeah. lot older, but she does look older. Like she definitely. Like, how old is Toph? Like, she's only supposed 12? to be twelve. Yeah, and she. Like I know she's, she's shorter than Aang. Looks like she's at least fifteen in that picture. I know. Anyway, just a weird observation. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, so um, anyway, they put the they put the fire out, and they're about to go search for Katara, and this overconfident firebender warns Aang that. The Fire Nation will keep hunting him down and will not stop until the world is safe from his malice. Ooh, $5 word there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Aang, being surprised by this statement, asks him, like, what did I ever do to you, man? Like, what's, what's, what's with this? The soldier says that the airbenders wanted to conquer the world and the Fire Nation had to stop them before Aang says, like, that, that, that's, that's a lie. Like, that's, Jesus Christ. Like, what? who taught you this? Mm -hmm. um, and Aang says that it's a lie, which... The man demands that he proves. So there's there's our there's our B plot. <laughs> Katara, meanwhile, gets out of the ice ball and notices a barricade that's preventing people from leaving a town. So she carefully walks it to its outskirts. She then sees some Fire Nation troops talking to a local as she realizes that the barricade keeps people inside the settlement. A soldier then soldier, I'm having a stroke as well today, Andre. <laughs> a soldier suddenly comes up from behind her, demanding to know what she's doing outside of the town without an escort. 
He's also suspicious of her because she's wearing Water Tribe's clothes, which makes her stand out because there's not a lot of Water Tribe folk around these parts, which also made me think about like how much the world in like Legend of Korra has kind of become a little bit more like mixed cultures, you know? Right. Yeah. And also there's that thing. I don't think we've, we've talked about it on the show, but there's that thing of like um, when Katara does lose her Water Tribe clothes to get into her Firebender clothes, like you don't see a whole lot of emphasis on like clothes and costumes in other TV shows. They kind of just like this is what the character looks like. So they're always wearing this, you know, but with Avatar, um, especially in the third season, they're kind of like, OK, well, but what would the characters like naturally be looking like or be wearing like, especially in this situation? Like I'm th- also thinking about like Aang's hair and like what he's wearing, like in the evasion, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, also I mean like Katara, like you need like a backup costume girl. Cause like I know it's your culture, but it's a, a red, it's a it's a giant sign yeah. over your head, especially with the like an Earth Kingdom territory that's occupied by the Fire Nation. hmm Yeah. Well then Katara just solves the situation by knocking this man out with a block of ice, uh, which also kind of gives her away a little bit more. Uh, I, I was gonna ask you, how does the bending translate in the comic book to you? Honestly, like, I just kind of noticed, like, it was cool when Katara was able to, like, you know, seeing the anime, like, that animation, but, like, the panels of, like, the water funnel that she forms for herself to save herself from smacking the water, like, concrete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, but, you know, it was kind of funny watching, like, the part where it's, like, just, shoop, like, the, the ice just nailing the guy in the jaw. Um, I, I think it translates well, especially because... Um, some of the bending moves you see in the comic book are ones we've seen in the show. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have like that subconscious, you know, kind of filling in the blanks of like the movement, but I think it translates pretty well. There are some moments yeah. where it, I don't feel like it has quite the same impact, but also like, I love the, like the, the speech bubbles with like the sounds, mm-hmm. like what do you go? What do you, what's the word for that? That O word, uh, onomatopoeia, oh, yeah. onomatopoeia only thing i remember from high school english yeah um i don't know if that uh, I, uh, there's probably a specific word in like comic book like terms but yeah i think it translates pretty well yeah there you go um well then she gets a kind of a clothes change not really a change more of a cover-up because she mm-hmm. uh nabs a green cloth off of a nearby clothesline to cover her clothes and her hair style because you know that's unique to water tribe as well um, she then goes up to a vendor and asks him if more Fire Nation troops arrived today. And he says that their numbers have not increased and uh, they ate all his produce, which rude. Um, and he adds that earlier today that he heard rumors that the Avatar and his bison had, you know, this beast was stopped nearby. So, ooh, interesting. Um, the stra- Then suddenly a stranger comes out of nowhere and asks her to like, as she's like walking along, like the stranger pops out and asks her to follow him, which she politely declines. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, mister, you're not getting me to a secondary location. Street smarts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then she gets her escape route cut off by, like, you know, more people. And so she says, like, look, don't pick a fight with me. Like, I know how to defend myself. And she's fucking right. Mm-hmm. You know, she's tough as fuck. People, you know. Yeah. Guitar defense squad. Don't know why I need to do that. But this is what happens when I'm in when I spend too much time in Avatar Facebook groups. Um. One of the strangers points out how well she defended herself from a Fire Nation soldier with the block of ice. Katara tries denying it, but that didn't work. Um, the woman then says that she's a captain of a ship, which will soon sail downriver, and she's looking for a waterbender for the journey. 
Um, Katar asks what she needs to do to earn a spot on that ship, and the stranger says they need extra help in case they run to Fire Nation forces. You know? So... Then she has to prove herself with her water bending abilities, which impresses the group. Which is kind of funny because like Katara like gets like soaks that you know like does like her water bending, like they throw a bit of water at her and she did mm-hmm. like deflects it and soaks like this other per- one of the one of the pirates and he's like cool got me all wet there like that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, that, that amused me a little bit. I didn't know that the thing that was missing from my Avatar experience was gay pirates, but I'm here gay for pirates. it. Pirates. <laughs> seriously how would you like what's what's the, yeah like, jiang is how i think her name is pronounced yeah. the head pirate mm-hmm. like you can't get more queer coded than jiang mm, <laughs> i'm sorry mm, mm, like <laughs> i don't mean to perpetuate stereotypes here but i mean i just got a real that is a, that is a gender non-conforming queer person right there real <laughs> vibe from her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so good for her uh Anyways, so the leader then introduces herself as Jiang, and she's the captain of the Flying Wolf Bat. I mean, Dutchman. I mean, Wolf Bat. Uh, <laughs> and she tells her why she had her test her waterbending abilities, because someone else who attempted to take part in their mission had lied about being a waterbender. And Katara's like, what'd you do to him? And then, like, cut to him being attacked by a saber-toothed moose lion. He's like, nothing. He's perfectly fine. Just, like, I appreciated that kind of humor from, like, the show as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And, like, this is the point in the comic where I was like, yeah, this definitely is, like, this reads like an episode of the show with, like, that part right there. Cut back to the rest of the gang. Aang decides to talk to the, sol- the soldier and change his mind about the Air Nomads. Tuff points out that he's this Fire Nation soldier and he would totally bring them into the Fire Lord as soon as they'd be- he'd be able to. Then Aang points out that Sozin was not satisfied with just killing the Airbenders and wanted to lie about them taking over the world as well. So he insists on letting the dude know exactly what happened, which kind of reminds me like a it's kind of like a per, you know precursor to like the Footloose episode a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I this never occurred to me, but I never thought of like, well, how did the Fire Nation justify this to the rest of the world? I guess for me, but because did they, they, did they say that though with like the Footloose episode? Because like. They said, like, um, you know, like, they, like, Aang said, like, the Airbenders were airbush, you know, ambushed, airbushed. Yeah, let's try that. Ambushed, <laughs> you know. I, I don't, I don't know if he does. I, for some reason, because the, the Fire Nation, at least in the first couple of episodes, are depicted as, like, unequivocally evil. I just always thought that Sozin did this as a display of power. Which totally and was. Just, I mean, it was, but <laughs> I, I never thought he tried to, like, put up another front that it was something else you know mm-hmm. but thinking about it it does make sense like whether he believed it or not like the fire nation fire nation justified this genocide by perpetuating lies about what what would happen if if the air nation went unchecked i mean kind of again like what happened um with the holocaust like that started because the nazis were telling people oh like all of these people are gonna like kill you and steal your jobs and all of this like crazy shit that they had no evidence to but that's how they justified it you know so i just i just for some reason never thought of how the fire nation would have justified that to the rest of the world i also meant to like i mean that's kind of a dumb question I put down. I don't know why I thought it was a good one, but like I was, I kind of wrote in the notes, like, do you think this kind of takes away a little bit from like the Footloose episode because they talk about like the propaganda that Fire Nation was exposed to? But then again, we saw what the kids went through 
with like you know them indoctrinating kids into believing this imperious imperialist shit um so i don't think it i don't think it takes away i think it definitely adds on to that mm-hmm. And I mean, with the foot with the footless episode, the kids are are more or less it's being the- told that the Fire Nation is the greatest nation on the earth, and not necessarily the Airbenders had a secret army that they were going to use to mobilize to dominate the rest of the world. Like, uh, there's there's like another layer to that mm-hmm. kind of lie and propaganda that's being exposed in this episode in, in this episode in this comic book. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't th- I don't think it takes away from no. The- yeah, I meant to like just kind of comment like this under the parallel between the two but yeah yeah um Sokka then points out this guy might have a leak in his think tank you know uh might not be the sharpest knife in the drawer there's so many euphemisms for stupid that i looked up for this so (laughs) the leak in his think tank think tank was my favorites uh you know he's sailing with neither or is touching the water (laughs) like (laughs) there's a bunch of those i had to pick one it was hard um anyway he said that the guy's kind of dumb probably wouldn't work with trying to re-educate him um, and points out that Katara could handle herself for a while. And Toph points out, like, you're the one that said that she's soft like a crocket kitten. And then Sokka replies that he was just teasing her. And then, of course, after the scales come in, a crocket kitten might be able to fight down a half-grown platypus bear. So, Yeah, again, not to go against what I said at the beginning of this recap, this, to me, felt a little contrived to make the B-plot kind of work. I yeah. don't feel like TV Sokka would stop looking for his sister to convince a fire nation soldier or something mm-hmm. like i don't at least, think at least not something... at this point in the game you know yeah i don't think that's something he would have like i don't think Sokka would ever be like oh she can handle herself for a while you know like mm-hmm. and not just because he's the older brother he's protective like i just don't feel like Sokka would do that character. um but if it had if it has to happen to make the b plot happen sure you know mm-hmm. yeah so Aang goes back to the soldier and tries to chat with him about airbending culture. Um, the soldier then sprouts off some propaganda, which includes a lot of BS, but then says that airbenders could suck the breath out of someone's body, which we know is something that they can technically do. But... Uh, well, but do yes. Think, do you think that also... <laughs> but do you think that's, like, because of, like, something that Monkeyazzo did, like, you know, the theory about Monkeyazzo, like, sucking the air out of the room in the place that he died, you know? Like, do you think that might have been something that the firebenders heard of and then added that to the list of things that they're going to use against the airbenders and propaganda and stuff? I mean, possibly. There also <laughs> is that question of, did the did the airbenders become pacifists and monks because they could there are that. those abilities available to them and they mm-hmm. had to create that culture from the ground up to make sure that it was never abused? So, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, I mean, but you also see, that, I mean, this guy was definitely at the January 6th riot, let's just say it. Um <laughs> And those people, they do like like <laughs> sprinkle their absolute insane conspiracy theories with small nuggets of truth, you know. Like, like he got his information from QAnon, which he said he <laughs> right Aang exactly because Aang asked him where he got his information. He's like he replies Fox News. I mean, just kidding. Uh, QAnon. No, wait, sorry. It's a it's a cut. It's a post to his cousin sister's roommate who saw it in a from a poster. In the West, yeah, in the West. and if there was more speed more space on the speech bubble, it would end a poster from Facebook. Um, but I mean, I, this is totally what they're kind of referencing to in the real world here, but, mm-hmm. um, but just be, again, just because the airbenders like could suck the breath out of somebody's body, just because someone can do something doesn't mean that they're going to, right. That's kind of like the general thing that we kind of operate at as just as humans in society. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I yeah, yeah. 
There you go. So, uh, meanwhile, Katara is walking with the pirates to their ship, and she's trying to act tough like Toph by spitting on the ground, which <laughs> grosses out the pirates and doesn't work. Like <laughs> expectation <laughs> subversion. I love it. I love that. That's what she Katara like came up. Uh, yeah, it came up with when she was like thick like Toph, like just a giant loogie. And I do love it's that thing again of of like kind of like um uh the Avatar Day episode where mm-hmm. Aang is like talking to the fellow prisoners about his feelings. It's the same thing here. They keep doing this where you expect like the the tough like hyper masculine pirates to be like, oh yeah, but they're just like, ew, like don't you have any manners? Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Um, and uh Men meets with a guy named Two who has their cargo. And Two's like a little he's like looking at the guitar, he's like, she's a little sus because she reminds him of the waterbender who his cousin O said stole a waterbending scroll from him, which if you remember in season one, mm-hmm. it's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also says that the girl was traveling with the avatar before Katara like freaking thrust an icicle into the table that he was sitting at, which intimidates him. I'm like, damn girl. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and she responds that she's not a friend of the Avatar and she just wants to escape from the Fire Nation territory without being asked any questions. Like, boom. Um, and the group then starts getting ready to load the cargo. Katara then asks Young why the boxes have Earth Kingdom's army seals on them. And then the pirate captain says that she probably shouldn't ask any questions because, you know, she said, like, no questions asked before. It's like, well, no questions asked should go both ways then. Um, she hands her an Earth Kingdom army uniform and says they will need them in order to avoid fighting with the Fire Nation. Katara is a little unsettled as she starts to realize that the soldiers who own those uniforms are most likely dead. Yeah. So we're back in the forest. Sokka takes a turn to try and convince the Fire Nation soldier um, by just using cold, hard facts. Um, he tells them that they would love to coexist in harmony with the Fire Nation, but they can't if the Fire Nation continues to occupy other places in the world. The firebender then answers that the other nations should be honored that his country is sharing its wealth and prosperity with them. Where have we heard that before? Oh, I remember when people just use that to justify every single place the U.S. military illegally occupies. Um, Sokka questions if the citizens of the Earth Kingdom welcome them with open arms and suggests that Ozai would rather dominate the world rather than coexist peacefully with the other nations. Rather than confront these questions, uh, the Firebender just begins belting the Fire Nation anthem, um, of which we heard its premiere in uh, the WrestleMania, the blind, the blind Bandit. Yeah, um, and Sokka, Toph, and Aang basically give up on him, and that they should just continue to search for Katara. Um, just as they leave, the soldier breaks free and tries to attack them, but not before Appa swoops in, swallows him, and splits him into a tree. Um, good for him (laughs) yeah yeah and i can just hear the d bradley baker uh oppa voices in my head or oppa oppa noises Hmm. Uh, back at the docks uh jiang shows katara their ship the flying wolf bat that's been used in her family for generations katara questions whether her family were pirates and jiang more or less confirms that she tells katara that when the fire nation invaded her home her and her crew fought them off from capturing their ship Katara asks whether she would steal from her own people, and Jiang replies that the Earth Kingdom soldiers are not her people, as the country abandoned the people outside Bossing Say. Um, mm. uh, some parallels here to Jet as well, mm. although I think Jiang kind of like did what Jet was like meant to do without, you know, like killing people. Yeah, um, that part, killing innocents. <laughs> right, right. So she's not a villain in that sense, but um, it is also this little interesting tidbit that I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but the fact that. Uh, if you're not living inside Bossing Say, 
pretty much the Earth Kingdom doesn't really care about you. Um, and which we see that constantly. Like every time we vi- visit an Earth Kingdom village, it is just the most rundown, like poverty stricken areas in the Earth Kingdom. You know, it's just people just trying to get by because they don't have any resources. And we learned that in Rise of Kyoshi, like it's hard to one enforce crime or enforce the law um restrict crime and also just have wealth spread through the nation just because the earth kingdom is really really big you know but you know they they haven't managed to figure it out yet uh katara again encourages herself to act more like toth as jiang tries to gain passage uh the fire nation fire nation soldier asks her for their papers um, but then quickly realizes that her and her crew were the ones who resisted when they began their occupation, and he orders his soldiers to arrest them. Katara then just, you know, casually waterbends a massive wave and takes out a swath of firebenders. The wave actually ends up knocking over some of the crew's cargo overboard, and Katara insists that they leave it, but Jiang says that they can't leave without securing every single box. As they sail away, fireballs fly towards them and end up hitting the ship, causing it to start sinking. Jiang once again once again prioritizes saving the boxes to Katara's confusion. Um, she throws the fire army crew fire army crew offboard with two powerful waves and commandeers their craft, uh, water bending to move it towards the village docks. Jiang and her crew surrender to the Fire Nation forces as Katara sails the ship through the docks, chaining them apart. The soldiers fall into the water as the pirates get aboard the captured vessel. I was going to say the action in this specific section also read very well in the comic book. Um, just from like the, the, the pace of how quickly we were moving panel to panel to panel um, and also having like the added ingredient of why does Jiang care so much about this cargo because we don't really know what it is. Um, but I think it worked. It, it worked really well as like kind of like that ending action set piece that we get so often in Avatar. Um, so suddenly, the Firebender soldier, whom Aang, Sokka, and Toph were arguing with in the, wo- in the woods a second ago, attempts to sneak attack Katara, but she easily traps him in a pillar of ice that eventually cracks in two, and he falls into the water. Suck it. Um, yeah. After the fight, Katara sees an open crate of medicine and says that the pirates are worse than she thought because it looks like they were stealing medicine and selling it to the people, selling it to people who couldn't afford it in the first place. Jiang just smiles and says that the medicine will bring them plenty of silver and that she never does anything without payment. Meanwhile, Toph, Aang, and Sokka are riding, of, above, riding on Appa above the Earth Kingdom village Katara and the pirates had just escaped from. Sokka notices the ice below them and deduces that his sister must have been here as Aang inquires to where she could be now. They resume their search by just following the river. Katara and the pirates arrive at a small settlement where a young boy calls out for Jiang's name and runs toward her with some silver flowers. And Katara realizes that the flowers are what the pirates' reward actually is. Jiang explains that these are silver lilies, flowers that only grow in this area, and that she would never ask her people to pay pay for medicine with money that they do not have. Um, And this is a great moment, albeit, again, a little bit predictable that they they were good pirates, you know, the Robin Hood kind of pirates. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this is very, very, very wholesome. Um, the gang finds Katara and lands at the settlement. Katara begins to detail her adventures with Aang and Sokka, and they are surprised to hear that she worked with pirates. And they don't believe that they were actual pirates until Jiang and her crew approach Katara and offer offers a honorary <laughs> position as a pirate on their crew. Nice. Um, 
Katara respectfully declines, although I would love to see that alternate series. Oh my god. Um, yes. she just she declines <laughs> she declines to join them. And Jong says that she is ever tired of fighting beside the Avatar, they will welcome her with open arms. Um, so it is cool to think about that, like maybe like you know, years down the road that she does run into them again. Um oh, yeah. uh, Team Avatar and the Pirates part ways, and Sokka enthusiastically says that Katara is the coolest sister in the world. Aww. They proceed to fly away from the settlement on Appa's back, and that's the end of the comic. Yeah. Um, so Kayla, how do you feel like this comic book added to your experience as as a fan of Avatar? Do you think it, it made you appreciate Katara a little more or just yeah. any other element in general? I mean, I always liked her. You don't need to make me like, you know, she doesn't have to, have to convince me. She yeah. doesn't have to convince me. She doesn't have anything to prove to me. Like she's she's awesome. But hey, it was really cool to get a taste of what the Avatar comic books are like. Mm. Um, you know, like it just makes me more excited because like if they can do a simple story this, you know, as well as they did here, you know, kind of makes me excited to see what they can do with like what do I what dare I say like juicier stories like search mm-hmm. or you know turf wars or the ruins of the earth empire you know like right yeah totally i i think honestly the biggest takeaway i got from this comic book were the lies that sozin spread about the airbenders um yeah. that to me just colors the fire nation to me in a little bit of a different light than i would have before reading this comic and even though it was the b plot it was something that i i really took away but i mean seeing uh, katara in a morally ambiguous situation like working with pirates is also i mean already cool to see how that pans out um but yeah i mean overall i really really enjoyed this comic yeah i'm glad we got to read it well, cool. right. so obviously no Azula Bell counter. So let's move on to Phantom Korra. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, Phantom Corner. Um, this was sent in to, by my friend Tristan. So Tristan, thank you very much for sending this in. Um, you know, totally forgot. You, you know, sorry. Anyway, thank you, Tristan, for sending this in. So here's what the post is. This is like long post. It looks like a someone made a PowerPoint out of this and posted <laughs> on Tumblr, and then it got placed okay. into one image. So it's about Ty Lee. Um, and so it's basically it is Ty Lee is an airbender. That's the that's this theory thing that's going on there. Why I believe this is possible. Does anyone actually believe that no one from the air nomads ever had children with people from other nations? They're nomadic. Air nomads had access to flying bison when the tempers were under attack. Temples were under attack. Jesus Christ. Wouldn't someone try to get some of the children at the very least onto these flying bison to safety? Tylee's physical characteristics, she has the same grayish eyes that Aang has. No other character from the Fire Nation has eyes this color. Uh, Tylee has medium brown hair, the same shade as Aang's. I think slightly lighter, honestly, but, you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. While other Fire Nation characters have black or nearly black hair. Uh, Tylee has a rounder face, much like Aang's, while the other Fire Nation characters have much sharper features. Um, Someone did a face swap of Aang and Tylee on Reddit, and they have essentially the exact same face apart from their eyebrows. Um, Tylee is able to Tylee in combat. Uh, she's able to jump extremely high and far, even by cartoon standards. She's able to move in ways no other non-bender in the show is able to move. Her movement should only weightness a weightlessness that can only be explained by the control of the air. Um, and her chi blocking is very defensive and doesn't cause injury as much like how the angs how the mo- angs the monks taught Aang to fight. <laughs> Uh, and she easily dodges attacks and uses strategic, non-harmful attacks like an airbender. So, interesting. Huh. Hmm. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, it is a good point. If I mean, like, if the Airbenders were nomadic, were they? Is there no possibility that they could have had relations with someone from other nations? Um, and I mean, obviously, we know of Kiyoshi's mother, Jessa, who did sort of um, detract from the traditions of the air nomads, and I'm sure there were other people like her. Um, but yeah, I'll take this. I, I also do like the the comparisons of like the combat styles, you know, like even though the cheap blocking is like, you know, can be, um, you know, induce some panic in a bender, it is ultimately a pretty non-violent way of decap of um decapitating i was gonna say decapitating <laughs> of uh, <laughs> it's De- a pretty disarming? non-violent way how of about, decapitating how about, dis- how about disarming was, that's what I, that's what i was gonna say um but yeah i think that's a really that's a really interesting theory thank you tristan for sending that in yes thank you so much we always are looking for more fandom con fandom corner content so please send it our way uh over our social media platforms or our email we will talk about that at the end of the episode how to do that Cool. So we're going to get into weekly recommendations. Um, my wec- weekly, weekly, oh my God. This is what <laughs> happens when, when we record a podcast that's not on a Thursday night. Um, <laughs> my weekly recommendation is this YouTube channel called Corridor Digital. Um, they are a visual effects house. And um, pretty much every week, um, some of their visual effects artists um, will either sit down with each other or someone that works in the visual effects industry and sort of look at clips of visual effects from movies, TV shows, um, from literally anywhere and kind of break it down on either where it went wrong or how it was pulled off so well. Um, and they have whole series. They have like three videos talking about the visual effects of Star Wars, of the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. Um, they started a series on on the Harry Potter visual effects. And their most recent video is actually about the animation styles of, of American cartoons and, and anime. And they do talk about Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra um, in that. And they kind of explain um, why some of the animation looks very, very good and why you respond to it so well as a viewer. I think it's incredibly interesting. Um, so definitely go check out uh, Corridor Digital on YouTube. Awesome. And mine is just, some, I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast yet, but the Hunchback and Notre Dame musical. No, you have not. And the reason I know that is because I love this musical. Oh my God. It is such a good show. Like, I mean, that should have went to Broadway, not Frozen. I will forever be mad that it never made it to Broadway because it is such a good show. Mm-hmm. Like it takes like the tonal dissonance that kind of showed up in some of the scenes from the movie like some of the things that they had to do to make sure it's still a kid's movie. Uh-huh. Um, but like, oh my God. And the music and the added songs and like, it's so good, right? It's, it's really, it's really so good. good. This is, this musical was the only thing I listened to sophomore year of college. Um, and you can actually watch a, um, a bootleg version of it on YouTube. Yeah. Have you watched it already? Yes. Several times. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah. uh, there's two different, well, there's actually two different shows that are on YouTube of the Hunchback and Notre Dame musical. One was a community theater production, which obviously is not quite as good, but still, it's still an awesome production of it. Not, mm-hmm. you know, nonetheless, but, um, the one where the particular one that we're talking about that has a professional recording and everything, um, Patrick Page as, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Rolo um yes that is available on youtube um i just look up hunchback and Notre Dame musical it's one of the first things that comes up and oh, 
so good. Like, I, I know I said a million times, but it is like it's like, you know, I mean, Frollo is like one of the best Disney villains because he's, you know, hellfire. He got the best. He got the best goddamn, you know, his villain song in Disney in like, you know, in, on in Disney, like, no one can, you know, one of the best. Well, do you know why it's such a good Disney villain song? I would love to hear that. Please talk really about quickly, it. really quickly. So <laughs> typical Disney villain songs are songs that have the message of this is what i'm going to do frollo's song is an i want song an i want song is usually what you get from the hero of the story so like hercules mulan little mermaid they have their i want songs this is what i want yeah exactly frollo is i think the only disney villain that has that song where it's like i want this you know so I think that's why it strikes particularly well a lot of among a lot of Disney fans, yeah, um, as probably visuals. one of the best songs and the visuals and of course the orchestration and the music. Oh and everything. my it's, god, it's yes! I mean, I don't objection about music, but I also just love the in- incorporation, like the Latin in there with like when he says like it's not my fault, mea culpa, which means mm-hmm. my fault, and then like you know, and then he says like I'm not to blame, and then the next part is. Um, like I don't know what the word is in Latin, but I remember that because like I grew up Catholic, so it's like my most grievous fault. So like, mm. but I liked yep. how it humanized. It gave like more like depth to Frollo. Do I still prefer a movie Frollo because I just love a good evil villain? Yes, but they made this you know uh, more a, a more fleshed out background for for Frollo in the musical and yeah, the, the opening number is completely different. Oh, completely from the movie. different. Completely he doesn't like different. immediately try to drown a baby in a well and murder someone. Right. Like he yeah. doesn't do that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so yeah, go watch Hunchback and Notre Dame. I need more people to talk about this with me because I, Girl, like, I am right here. You do not yes. have to scream. <laughs> <laughs> I might just text you in the middle of the night and be like, just random thing that I noticed from the musical I didn't notice before. That is all I want, Kayla. That is all I want. <laughs> that is all I want. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, so that includes our recommendations. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed that. Go check out those things we just talked about because we want more people to talk about these things. Anyway, if you like our content and you'd like to see more from us, consider supporting our Patreon. You can do that for as little as $1 a month where you can get a shout out on the show and a personal thank you video from one of us. You can go all the way up to a $5 tier which includes our special flagship benefit mini show, The Avatar After Hour, where we did an episode about Avatar TikTok recently, and it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you'd like to send us feedback about the show or send us submissions for Fandom Corner, you can email us at theavatarhourpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at the Avatar Hour Podcast or on Twitter at Avatar Hour. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week with more Avatar The Last Airbender. I know I said that last, last week. Um, but I completely, I, we, we <laughs> forgot that we were supposed to do this comic book until we saw the schedule. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Um, I can't wait to talk about more Avatar comic books in the future. Um, but yeah, sounds good. All right, we will see you next week. My name is Andre. And I'm Kayla. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.